Monday, July 18th, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 6-0. No other team more than four wins, including the Calgary Stampeders, who have fallen from the ranks of the unbeaten. Feel free, jump on in. Phone lines, we've got a couple of calls already. The text line, same number, 204-780-6868. You can also hit me up on Twitter, as a few of you already have, at DT on OB. Coach O'Shea, uh, congratulations on win number six. You've been 1-0 six times this season. That's yeah. That seems like the goal, I guess. I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick to that. The formula seems to work. Uh, having had a chance to digest the game, how do you feel about the win over Calgary? I mean, I th- I think for the fans in the stadium and the TV audience, it was probably a very exciting game. I mean, there was there was a bit of everything in there. Um, I do believe that we beat a very good football team. I do believe we can play better. I know that the special teams, um, you know, had moments there were a little heart stopping, but uh, <laughs> uh, they'll get it figured out. Um, I thought, you know. All three phases did did um, did enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, I thought there was some some very stout play defensively and some some very you know some explosive plays offensively. So very exciting game. I good. I feel like somewhere down the road a coach is going to go. Mm, I've got a chapter in my book about hustling to the football and how to emphasize that. And they're going to go back to the 2022 Bombers season and go, this is why, because here's Demario Houston. And oh, by in a previous game, it was it was this guy, a guy just around the ball, pops out of Kamar Jordan's hands. Demario Houston makes an incredible diving, incredible, maybe a little bit much, but a very nice diving catch to end the game. And I go, hustling to the football is the kind of, it's what I take away from the first six games is, your guys always hustle to the football. Yeah, good things happen oh. um, when they do. And and uh, the good things you want to happen can't if you're not near the football. The, the bottom line is you've got to get near the football as often and as fast as you can. Yeah, uh, It doesn't always look like sometimes, you know, the guy's close enough. He's not sprinting to the ball. He just gets there, but he gets there in time to make a play. And there will be times this season where we where we don't. Um, hopefully not many of them because, you know, there really is only one way to play the game and that's full out, right? Yeah, and a guy, Demario, might have sprinted to the football 65 times in that game and 64 came up empty, but one may well be the game play that ended the game. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real testament to what's, uh, what's been going on. Let's go to the phone lines, 204-780-6868. Steve is on the line with us. Steve, thanks for calling your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hi, Coach. Steve, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to hang up right away. But you're just so even keeled. Next game. You know, Coach O'Shea, you know this. 
every team you're playing has got their freaking got your bullseye on their back. They want to destroy you. You know that, right? So uh, it just it's just like how in the heck do you come across all the time as seeing? Oh well, it's just another game. It's not. Everybody's out to kill you. Well, Steve, I think that's uh, contact sports in general, right? Anytime you got an opponent, they're out to best you. Um, it's funny you bring that up because the first couple of years on this show, people would call in and say, you got to yell more. <laughs> you got to yell more. <laughs> yell at your players more. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know that that works. I think being... Um, trying to be steady now there was points in that game where I wasn't and I wish I was um but there you know uh trying to be steady I think a lot helps your players be steady too right if you're I don't know if you're <laughs> if, if you're off the handle too often they're just not going to listen to you and in the moment like there are any number of decisions on every play of that game being steady helps you think more clearly Right? Yeah, you can't let your your amygdala hijack your brain. You know, you gotta you gotta so, stay stay focused and in the moment. I mean, there in, internally there are times where <laughs> you know I'm pretty angry <laughs> at what's going on for a lot of reasons. Um, but it, it's not usually at our players. We've got pretty damn good players that are doing the right things, and and you you know how hard they work on a daily basis. So it's pretty easy to. It's pretty easy just to approach the game like that. Nobody wants to go out there and make a mistake. Yeah. They all want to do their absolute best for their teammates. And I mean that's pretty simple if you if you stick with that thought first. Have you always been even keeled? No, like is this No. As okay. A player, I was a maniac, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, but uh, since Fort since you took over as head coach, yeah, yeah. It's been, so. Has it been a focus for you, or is that just how it's, no, it's, just, how it's come it to be? it seems simple because they, yeah. like, you know they all want to do their best, right? Yeah, and do what you can to help them. Let's go to uh, Mike on the phone line. Mike, your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Hey, coach, 6-0, no surprise there. You know, um, i got a joke for you. How many quarterbacks does it take to screw in a light bulb? The answer is one. He holds it, and the world revolves around him. You know, I know, that's, I know it's a team sport, coach, but the numbers that Zach's putting up are obscene. You know what I mean? And um, like I say, we're so lucky to have him. But anyways, during the broadcast, Danny did mention Danny Mack and the scouting team. You know, maybe you can tell us something about them, and I'm going to hang up and listen up here. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Danny McManus, Ted Govaya are the assistant GMs. Uh, they're out on the road all the time. They do all the NFL camps. They do all do a pile of bowl games. Uh, Ted does uh, also the Canadian draft. He he scouts half the CIS schools basically, and then looks at the short and makes a shortened list. And we look at them as a group. Um, yeah, these guys are. There's really not a lot of downtime for these guys. They're always bird dogging, trying to get trying to get players in, and they do a great job. Obviously, we we've been um, we've had a team with a lot of talent for a number of years. And you've had to, in the last couple of years, replace very talented players. And however you want to describe it, they have delivered and you guys have put together talented players to replace all-star level players, NFL caliber players that have, that have come around like that. There's a lot that I suspect goes into that. There is. And it starts with finding the right guys and, and making sure that we're all on the same page on, on uh, the players that we want in the building 
And then from there, uh, that sort of goes down to the coaching staff um, that, once again, uh, in all three phases, the coaching staff does a good job of moving guys around and, and really looking for what players can do and not they don't focus on what they can't do. Right. Um, which is, I think is very important because they, if they get to this level and they get to a camp with us, they all have talent, right? They all have something that they can provide the team to help us win football games. It's us, up to us at that point to figure it out and how to put it together. So our coaching staff does a great job. And then what doesn't probably get talked about enough is the, the group of veterans, the core guys that really embrace trying to teach the young guys, you know, how it's going to be and how the game works and, and, not only just the content of the CFL playbooks, but the game, you know, and then the 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 team, how how that works. So nobody, uh, I I really don't think the way it works. I don't think anybody on our group is is uh, afraid to teach the guy underneath them. You know, they all want them to be successful too. So um, that makes us uh, better for sure. I like it. Kate is with us on the line. Kate, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I'll start off by saying, Derek, you're doing a fine job. You filled some pretty big shoes there with uh, with Bob, so good on you. I've been listening to the games you've called, and you've done great. Thank you. Uh, Coach O'Shea, you know, I've been a fan since 1958. I won't tell you how old I am, but uh, I bleed blue and gold, and this is probably the most proud I've ever been of the Bombers and a testament to your coaching. They are, I think the even-keeled part comes into it, uh, disciplined. You don't see the shenanigans, especially that's been going on this year that's embarrassing to the league. Um, just kudos to you. I just keep up the good work. Um, if I had a question for you, it would be some of the injuries that you've had this year, especially to some Canadians. What's the most challenging position to if you have to worry about the ratio? I'll um, hang up and listen. Thank thanks. you, Kate. Yeah, thanks, Kate. I appreciate the the your comments. I, I really do think it's the the it's the even keelness is is really about the group of players we've brought in, right? Like we bring in. Being a good guy is a is a part of the evaluation, right? Being a good teammate is a part of the evaluation. So, um, with regards to uh, the ratio and injuries, uh, I I really think we've done well with depth for for a number of years. So, um, and I don't think the coaching staff ever looks at something as being like an injury as you know, the sky is falling. I think they always just roll with it very quickly and, and have an answer. I mean, especially defensively, we, I mean, for the first bunch of games, we were starting eight Canadians anyway, and, and um, we have lots of guys that can play and play well and help us win football games. It's not, you know, we don't talk about them as being uh, second string or seconds, you know, they're, they're all, they can all start. And, and contribute and play hard and play well. So um, I, I don't know that as a group we ever feel that that we've got uh, a, a problem, you know. I don't think it's ever seen that way. I think it's just, okay, let's let's put our, our thoughts and care and concern into the player's health and see if we, you know, how quickly they can respond and rehab and move on. And the guys underneath, you know, the next guy in – is 
really wants to honor his teammate by playing well because he's been taught by the guy. So, yeah. you know, they've got to go out there and perform. And they, they, you know, it's not out of fear. It's not fear of letting your teammates down. It's just, you know, a pride in, in wanting to uh, show the, the, the guy who's down and, and not being able to play, show him how much you respect him and, you know, how much you respect his help that he gave you to get you ready. Uh, Turkinator, who I met for the second time. Thanks for uh, hitting us up on Twitter at DT on OB. Uh, Carlton Agadosi, would you move him to wide receiver and move Bailey, Rashid Bailey, back to slot back? Buck does a great job of moving the guys all around. I don't, I don't think it matters where it says they line up. They line up at different spots all game long. So, like, they get moved around in various formations. So. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know that that's, it's not like we line the guy up and he stays in the same spot all game long. They move constantly. Yeah. Yeah. 1990s Alberta high school football time. I just stayed on the one side. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. Guys are, guys are everywhere now. Uh, Dave says, uh, does another American have to sit for the ratio to get Agadosi in? He was able to just pop right in for Brendan O'Leary Orange, technically, right? Um, because yes. you had you mentioned eight Canadians in the well, first few games. Yeah. Yes, the way we're running our ratio is five on offense and four and two on defense, so it's not an issue. Beautiful, and uh, his play is not an issue. Uh, what what caught Doug and I in the booth was okay. The touchdown, he jumps and spins and, and catches over uh, Trey Roberson, which the the media team has an unbelievable look at that right from the field level. Get them on Twitter at Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Big, big body gloves the ball. Just bam. <laughs> it was it was impressive. And then what, what caught us was, I don't remember if it was his first catch, but it was in the middle of the field going toward the Jumbotron, and we went, this this guy can move in the open field too? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's because we, we I, you see 6'2", 220, and you go, okay, well, I expect this, but I didn't expect... 6'6". Six, six. Sorry, what did I say? 6'2". Six, 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 pardon six, me. Yeah, 6'6", yeah, six, six, 220. It's... He was. It was very impressive. I can't wait to see, and I hope he's in for the the Edmonton game. I I, I hope to see a bunch more of uh, Carlton Agadosi. Ken is on the line with us. Ken, thanks for your call. What's your uh, question for Coach Mike O'Shea? Yeah, hi, Coach. How you doing? Um, good. Um, no, I was wondering about our running game. If um, if we couldn't uh, have both our Canadian backs in the backfield at the same time, would it not create more diversion or more? questions on the defense side to uh, to offset that yeah in certain situations we absolutely can I mean it's those are all packages that that we would have at our disposal um, it's just a matter of when you deploy them and then who do you take off and what time of game and what's the defense trying to do um, so you know absolutely uh, our offense has a variety of packages and some you don't see from game to game because it's just not appropriate based on the style of defense you're facing or the opponent you're facing. So, but yeah, we can do a whole number of things. Okay. So it's been tried or you haven't really tried it that much this year. We did it a bunch. Of, we, we've done it a bunch of years ago when we had, um, Oh geez, Murphy. Thunder and lightning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not thunder and lightning. That's a little bit before my time. Oh, here. Charles Roberts, Mike Sellers. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, I, I, those I, were the yeah, days too. I might have still been playing. <laughs> but yeah, it's not thunder and lightning. But yeah, um, 
we've we've used the package before. We have no problem using it again. I mean, it's when you have uh, Greg McRae and Nick Dembski. When you have Nick Dembski available, it's the same thing. You know, whether or not you're using two traditional tailbacks or using a guy that can play tailback and your true traditional tailback who's listed on the roster, they, they can do, they're very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So it's once again, like putting a guy in the slot or as the wide receiver, it's, we do all of it. Yeah. We've, we've seen some of both of them with Mike Miller is yeah. one that stands out yeah. for me. It's, we've seen them both on the field. Uh, Ken, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you would like to see a little more and maybe a little more in the run game is where you're going. As soon as you put a second tailback in the box and they're stationary in the box, then the defenders just pile into the box and make it yeah. that much harder to get what you want. Right. <laughs> Every time you add a guy in and they add a guy in and you got to figure out how to block that guy. So, um, the the chess match of it is is always interesting but yes it's absolutely something we can do and it's obviously something that we would already have those packages exist we just whether or not they get deployed or not in any given game is you know is a part of the the game planning i just thought it would uh, confuse the defense a little bit more if we had uh, you know be able to fake the one and get to the other straight hands all the time yeah I think at this, you know, try as we might, there's a lot of good defenses out there. And, you know, I, you try to confuse them absolutely with all the motion we do. Which player it is is not probably as – we have those other guys on the roster too, and we do that yeah. stuff, right? They can all carry the ball out of the backfield, a bunch of them. Yeah. Ken, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate you being with us. Plenty of your texts waiting to come up, but Andy's been hanging in with us. Andy, thanks for uh, hanging on. Your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Yes, uh, congratulations, coach, on a 6-0 and start. Thanks, Pretty Andy. outstanding. And uh, just have a question. Since uh, our kicker has missed four converts, is there strong consideration to going for a two-point converts now uh, after touchdowns, even if we don't get, even if we don't convert them? Uh, four missed converts seems like a lot. And also... Just wanted to get your comment on not having a bye week for the first 11 games and a three straight road games seems very unusual. I know it's out of your control, but what are your thoughts on all that? I'll hang up and uh, listen to your answer, and good luck in Edmonton. Yeah, thank you. Um, the schedule's perfect. Our guys have a great understanding on how to prepare and how to handle their the, the weeks and understand that every week is, is going to be different. Um. With regard to the converts, I mean, it's it's game dictated, right? So uh, going for the convert to put us up eight, uh, the last game, it's the right thing to do. They got to get in the end zone twice, in my mind. So, um, you know, you've got a big fan in going for two with Derek Taylor sitting right here. He's he's shaking his head. He's, Enormous. As soon as you said that, he's he's <laughs> jumping up and... High five in himself and stuff like this. This is, you know, well, I, it's hard to, it's hard to, he's got to go ahead, Derek. I, I it. describe it during the game because you get the touchdown to go up seven and everybody, because I, I'm the, I love to go for, go for two guy. People will immediately hit me up on Twitter and say they should go for two to make it nine. And tell me if I said this right on the radio, what coach O'Shea believes is that 
Good luck getting into the end zone on a two-point convert if you beat us for a touch. If you beat us for a touchdown, congratulations. Good luck getting in for the two-point convert to tie us if it's up eight. Because you believe in your defense very strongly at that point. Yeah, it's basically third and three. Yeah. You know, third and three from the three-yard line. Third and goal from the three-yard line. So they have to get in the end zone twice. I mean, it's just, you know, obviously you you believe that Legs is going to make every convert, but not every kicker does. And so far it's... It hasn't uh, hasn't caused too much grief, right? I'm sure. I know he wants to make them, and I know in practice he makes them. So if the game dictates that we should kick a single, I'm going to kick the single. If the game dictates that we need to go for two, then we're going to go for two. You, you, you're not going to I, – I really don't believe I would say, well, the game dictates kick the single, but I'm afraid he's going to miss, so don't kick the single. No. You see him in practice every day. You see how he does. Trot him out there and have him kick the single. Because that's what the game dictates at that point. Right? There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the half, it, it looked like uh, Mark was going to get obliterated if he tried to get that punt off. And then he scrambled for it. Was that was that the reaction from him you were hoping for? Did that play after uh, what must some sort of protection breakdown? Was that the result you were hoping I'm guessing it can't be, but that's. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Listen, you know what a question I'm a, asking. There, yeah, I mean, there was a there was a protection bust, and anything uh, anything that we do that doesn't give up a, a a special teams touchdown against at that point is a bonus, right? Live to play another day. Get your defense out there. Um, what they we gave up three points. Probably shouldn't have given up three points, right? If the they got stopped with one second left on the clock. We tackled them. The running back was not going down. If we would have held them up, they would have would have escaped the half without giving up the three. But uh, Legs did a great job. There was, a, like I said, there was a guy right in his face. If he tries to punt it, it gets blocked and probably picked up, scooped and scored going the other way. Yeah. Uh, which would have been not great. So he did a fantastic job of, of getting by the rush and, and making the best out of a bad situation. I don't know how punters see that. I, like, I don't know how he knows Fraser Sopic is going to obliterate him, but that's decades of experience on on legs part for even a young guy but it was it was very heads up because here was 47 and white just coming to get mm-hmm. him and like you say that was very likely a, a scoop and score this is an interesting question from victor on the text line again you can get us on the text line as well 204-780-6868 uh, he says hey guys who keeps track of the ratio numbers on the field are the bombers to police themselves or is there an on-field official who keeps track of the imports in the nationals I would say this: we we do it ourselves because that's what's that's what you're supposed to do. It's the right thing to do. Um, I would say that nobody's really looking at it. Um, there is a participation um, stat that goes in, you know, post game. That if it gets audited, they would be able to tell, uh, you know, if somebody's sort of trying to bypass the rules but we are very diligent with it the rules have changed a little bit with the nationalized american but we uh we tend not to use that okay yeah heaven help the broadcasters who have to try to figure that out on the fly as we 
I, I don't even really understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I, we have till, I guess till 2023 when it really, when it gets more, I honestly, I wish I, I wish I'd paid even the least bit of attention to it, but I, I just, I can't, there's, there's so many more things going on in, in the course of a football game that uh, mm-hmm. as long as somebody at the league level is looking at it, making sure that everybody else I'm is not playing sure fair are, as well. But let's, you know, <laughs> we're, we're doing it right. From the text line, Mike, is the re- has the relocation of the hash marks impacted the running game? Has it made it easier, harder to defend against the run game? I, it's that's an end of year, you know, conversation. I, I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know if there's enough of a sample size yet to say what's really going on with the hash marks, whether they're working or not working. Right? I think that's more up your alley. When when I we just moved into a house, so I'm I'm very much behind in my uh, charting, and I can't wait to get home tonight to really dive into some stuff. You probably but, should go home and fix the gutters or do something more important than than worry about the hash marks. I that was my that was my fascination. That was my kink with why I wanted to see uh, why I wanted to track every CFL play was. Can teams really use that field side, you know, in the eight, eight and a half yard hash marks? And it turns out, oh, yeah, Mike Riley can still YOLO a ball 55 yards down the far rail. Oh, OK. It, it, it opens it opened up some stuff for me uh, that, mm. I mean, you played and you would know. But uh, I yell at my TV like that's the inherent <laughs> difference between the basis uh, of our respective knowledges. Uh, also from the text line, coach, can you clarify what the actual infraction was on Calgary's penalty for hitting our kicker on his missed field goal? Yeah, it's contacting the kicker. So the player swung around and ended up basically swinging his legs through our kicker's legs, which is, contacting the kicker it's a 10 yard penalty and we offense trotted back on the field i think we scored a touchdown after that yep um so that helped obviously but you're not allowed to you're not allowed because they're in vulnerable positions kickers holders long snappers quarterbacks punters you have to avoid contact at all costs yeah, and props to legs for for taking that penalty and getting back yeah, up. I don't think he getting I back don't think the, he, he don't think he took it. I think he was standing there looking at the kick and got you know. Oh, he ended up getting whacked. So yeah, I mean it's a pretty easy call. Um, you know, I the, the player didn't mean to do it intentionally, but you have to be in control of your body. He was, I think, he was hanging on to somebody as he tried to get around them or something like that, and end up you know spinning around. Uh, Kelsey at D- hit me up at DT on OB with this question uh, with an air of fun in it. Did you ever think about throwing your helmet at someone when you were a player? Uh, no, <laughs> no, never. No, no. Have you have you been in the touchdown Atlantic? Yes. In your career? How was Several. it? Several. Um, awesome. Yeah. I mean, the East Coast is phenomenal. We're <laughs> it's a lot of fun. They embrace the uh, any kind of sports. I mean, I, I can recall being at the University of Guelph and our basketball team being very good and going to the national championships, the CIUs, uh, CIUs yep. now CIS, now U Sports, whatever <laughs> it was, the CIU national championships, and they were seemed to be always out east. Yeah, they were. Yeah, Halifax um, was the host for the longest jammed, time. Jam packed. People just, I mean, all the games were packed. People were having fun. So I think they have a thirst for. You know, big sporting events out there. I, I mean, it was obvious they sold out very quickly out there. I think they had a good time. I thought uh, they were probably entertained. You know, it's good. 
four games this week settled by one score or less. This was a real good week. I mean, you mentioned it off the top, like however good or bad it was for the coaches involved, for the fans, that the game with Calgary was incredibly entertaining. It had bounces and it had drops and it had great plays and it had the, the requisite number of awful plays for the opposing team. We had a little of everything in that one. It was great. It was very much uh, enjoyed that one. Uh, but bump bump as we continue on, 204-780-6868. Here we go. This is the one I was looking for. Can anyone explain why we play Calgary and the Riders three times? Who sets these rules? BC, too. And, and, oh, that's right. There's a second Calgary, trip to BC late. Calgary, Sask, and BC all three times. They were trying to get more divisional opponent games, right? So we play, I guess we play Toronto once. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, they're just trying to get more divisional matchups and more divisional matchups later in the season when they believe they're going to matter most so that the games have more weight and more excitement. Yeah. I'll just throw this out there. From a fan's perspective, not having Ottawa here in 2021 or playing Ottawa in 21 and not having Toronto come here in 2022 with Andrew Harris returning to a place where he was a great player for many years. I, I will miss that as a fan. I... I wish there was a different way it could have worked out, but we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Putting together the schedule with the requirements of nine teams and a TV broadcaster and radio broadcasters is one heck of a job. Yeah, one heck of a duty. They do a they do a great job. They really do. Brian has been nice enough to hang with us. Brian, thanks for your uh, hanging out and your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hi, Derek. Hi, Mike. Uh, you have a comment and a question. I'll start off with a comment. Uh, this goes back to that game in Ottawa. I tried to call a couple times since then. The lines were jammed, so it's still relevant. Um, I think Derek asked you a question. He goes, why did you go for a two-point two conversion? And in the way I look at it, I'm okay with that. Like, it's always good to um, do that for practice in case you ever need it. And of course, you know when you go for one point, it's not a given. So uh, what is your uh, take on that? Mike? Yeah, Brian, we hit that up in the in the last segment. It was – it's uh... – Game situation will dictate all the time whether we're going for one or two. I mean, I guess if um, if we're in a situation where the game is in hand or out of hand, maybe you go for two to work on something. But the other side of that, too, is if you have a set number of two-point plays that you really like, you're not just going to throw them out there when you don't need them because then the other team yeah. sees it, can practice against it, and now you've got to go on to the next down your list. Right, so okay. there is there's a lot more thought that goes into it than just. Okay, and my question I was at the game, and yes, it was very entertaining. There's twenty nine thousand happy fans, um, but you know it's weird for me seeing the new rules. You know, like you know, kicking off from a thirty yard line, taking the ball from the forty yard line, or or twenty yard line when you're for give up a uh, safety. It just seems more feasible to take the ball from the forty than taking it. Um, what do you think of these new rules? Well, I think they're still playing out. You know, there's still a, a period. I mean, most teams or I guess half the teams have had six games. Some are still at five, right? So um, there's still a, a, a sort of a test period. We, you know, we like to do things a certain way. And sometimes the way we think that five yards hasn't really made a difference in, in changing our minds on things. But um, you could see... You know, the difference between the 35 and the 40 is only five yards, but when you put the film on and there's a team starting at the 40, it looks really different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the defense yep. is under the gun all the time. So, yeah. It's, uh, do I have uh, time for one more comment? Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, go oh, quick, oh, Brian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. You know when you're talking about divisional games and then the Eastern um, 
on the teams are not they're not doing very well. It almost feels like it needs to be like one league, you know, to make it more fair. Oh, Brian, right to my heart. Yes, please. One division Canadian Football League. You're oh, you're speaking my language, brother. That's awesome. Yeah. Coach O'Shea, one division in the Canadian Football League. Can we get you on board? Brian no, and I are in. No, I'm a traditionalist. All right. Rivalries and, and West and yeah. Labor Day better. <laughs> Brian, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for your call. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate Brian being with us. Uh, one of the, as I dove into the Canadian Football League, I, I charted out where normal kickoff returns were, too. You could take the ball at the 35, or you could, on average, return it to the 35.4-yard line. And I went, oh, okay, well, someone really thought this out then. Now I pres- it was, yep. which I presume, hey, you could take it to 40 or you could probably, in this case, get the 40.4, but have a chance at some sort of explosive play. You, you risk a little, but you could potentially, Janarian Grant may house one, right, from for 97 yards. You never know. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't know that it's equating, uh, you know, it's averaging out to the 40 yet. I'd have to, I haven't looked at it, that stat. But, Me neither, yeah. but um, I think it's a little, honestly, I think it's a little less. Oh, okay. You know, which is interesting because it should be. The same, like you said, it just should move up five yards, but it's not really doing that, I don't think. Probably yeah. close, though. We'll we'll probably know if we get toward late the season, and all of a sudden you're taking the ball at the at the forty all the time. Oh, wait a minute, he's probably he's probably spotted something late in the season. That comes down to wind and weather, true, and how your guys are feeling, right? And then the other side is, do you really want late in the season? Do you really want to give the other team the ball again? So just because they're kicking it off, they still have the ball until they don't get it. Yeah. Right? So you give them the opportunity for onsides or things like that, which are dangerous from the 30, more dangerous for sure. Surprise onsides are recovered at a remarkably high rate in the Canadian Football League. Uh, Wynn is with us. Uh, Wynn, we got about 90 seconds. Hit us up. Uh, Coach O'Shea, I would just like to give you a warning. Please, please take Edmonton seriously. They have ruined the dreams of many a fan in this league. And when we were last 6-0 and zero in 1960, it was Edmonton that beat us in the playoffs. I won't be happy until you lay a beating on them every time we meet with them. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll make a note of that. Lay beating on them. Yep, Got it. When is thank it, you, thank it, you, Coach, and good luck on Friday. Thank you. When is it just the history of the Edmonton Elks, or do you see something in this year's Elks? No, I just it's the history of the Edmonton sports franchises. I get it. They ruin they ruin things for people. Bunch of ruiners, <laughs> absolutely. Win, appreciate you being with us. Thanks for your call. Cheers, now. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, win with us on the phone lines. Uh, the Edmonton Elks are your next opponent. What uh, what could you share with us about the Elks? They they pulled out one against Montreal on the weekend. Yeah, they're always going to be physical. They're always going to be really gifted athletes that take the field. I mean, uh, Chris Jones does a great job of that group. Does a great job of finding athletes that can fly around, and he he's creative in in how he deploys them. Um, they seem to, you know, Cornelius can fire the ball, and he he's got great escapability for a man his size. He, he it's remarkable, move. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he can move. Right. He showed it in the in the, so, in the preseason absolutely. game here, where he yeah. going into the jumbotron, uh, sprinted out to his left and hammered one. I don't know if it got into the end zone, but like, oh, that's that's the teaser play right there. Yeah. Once again, this goes back to our guys. We we focus a lot more on ourselves than on anything else. So. Um, 
Yeah, our guys will be prepared. Did you ever want to randomly assign guys different spots, like Charles Nelson as a safety or a slot back or a running well, back? Charles or- Nelson has played some DB before, right, <laughs> when he was in university. So that's not out of the question. He's a very gifted athlete that can do a lot of things. And when you put a guy who's played DB back there but also plays offense, who has an understanding of offenses, like quarterbacks playing corner, athletic corners, athletic quarterbacks playing corners seems smart to me because – they understand route combinations and how quarterbacks work, right? Well, you sports quarterbacks would become C- uh, safeties when they came to the CFL. Some of them. Back some in the day, them. right? Some or The tough ones. They became the tough ones. A, a great th- number three receivers for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Or they can, yes. They, if you can play football, you can. Yeah. coaches will find. Well, you talked about it at the beginning of the show. If you can play, our coaches will find the thing you can do yep. and we'll have you do it. Yep. Very excited for uh, potentially seven and zero. I hate to put that out there, but I did, and I apologize for that. But I just honestly, I'm just excited for more football because uh, your team has been a ton of fun to watch and call. And there's there's always something that uh, that gets me going come game time. Uh, final one: the noise. There was a moment in the game where I turned to our operator and I said, "Hey, can you turn down the crowd noise in my ears?" And he said, "That's that's the crowd. That's not in your ear. It's all the way down." Does that ever affect? What you guys are doing? No, it's it's awesome. They are fantastic. <laughs> They're well educated. They they do it right. Ooh. They've got a long list. I don't know what their number is at now, but they've caused a lot of grief for visiting teams. And the idea of uh, the CFL's loudest fans. Did you doubt that, Derek, when you were off in some other organization? When I you came, now he- know it. For when sure. I came here for the nineteen banjo bull, I went. This is this is just a different world. Yep. And I, 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 I proudly said that on the other one, uh, yeah. on the other side too. It is just, it's different. Yep. It's different. It's deafening. And I love every bit of it. Coach, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming in. And we'll see you at practice uh, tomorrow ahead of Friday's game. All right. Thanks, Derek. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us in the coaches show. Thanks so much for being with us on 680 CGLB.